And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Use promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your order. It's delicious coffee. It'll change your life. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as is almost always the case, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And on today's episode, we get to do one of my favorite things, which is use the word smorgasbord. Uh, we had also thought about hodgepodge and potpourri, uh, but, but we're <laughs> we're bringing a lot of different things together here. We're going to be talking a little bit about some KBO. We're going to be talking about this universal DH thing. We're going to be giving you a little bit of a hint. We're going to start planting the seeds about what our draft coverage is going to look like here at DNVR, something we haven't really done before. Uh, beyond writing up, here's who the Rockies took in the draft and what you know stuff like that. Uh, we're, we're blowing all of that out. So we're we've got a lot of different things to talk about. We've got some people along here for the live chat on uh, whether it be the Periscope, the Facebook, the Twitch, wherever it may be. Make sure you're following us along for those so you can get your questions in on the live show. But of course, I have got to start. Patrick, with the question on everyone's mind, we need an update, a report from our man in the know, the KBO man in the know. <laughs> You've been staying up or getting up or being awake <laughs> for for some of these games. Uh, they got cardboard cutouts of fans out there in the field. Your boy Roberto Ramos is tearing it up. Give us the the most recent need to know on the KBO. You got to go to bed early. I'll say that <laughs> with with these games starting at three thirty a.m. You either stay up really late and the whole next day is screwed, or you go to bed really early and you just try to operate on you know six hours of sleep. And that's what I did this morning, and felt pretty darn good doing it. Uh, ESPN had my. NC Dinos. It's official. I might as okay. well make it official here. I have decided that was my that was my inkling this entire time. I did want to see some of the teams in action just to get a feel for it. Here, some of the comps that were put out there with with different teams are are kind of akin to this. Doosan Bears, you know, have have a lot of a lot of championships. Uh, Lotte Giants are kind of doing a money ball thing as their current GM uh, was a former scout of the Chicago Cubs. And ultimately, it just seemed like right in the mid-pack are the NC Dinos. They got blue. I enjoy the color blue. They've got the relationship with the Rockies and Dinger. They've got the Swole Daddy as one of their two dinosaur mascots. And they got Sung Bum Na, who I am I'm all in on Sung Bum Na. Uh, this this fantastic outfielder, 30 years old. His agent is Scott Boris. I mean, what more can you want out of a guy 
in South Korea. So I'm all in on the NC Dinos. They looked really solid this morning. And uh, they, they sung bum na, <laughs> tying a two-run home run in the ninth. They ended up winning it in the tenth, which is great because as some fans may or may not know out there, after the twelfth inning, it's a tie game. And that is all. So they didn't have to come to that. Dinos got the win. They they only have one loss so far in the early going. And love me some dinos. There's no tying in baseball. It's the best I could. It's the best I could do. Yeah. I, Apparently I, there is. Though, so. I could see MLB, at least for this season, adopting something similar or at least deciding, all right, fine. At the 12th inning, let's go with the minor league model. Let's put a, the person who made the last out in the lineup goes out to second base to get things moving. And you say, oh, well, yeah. hey, well, both teams have a guy on second base. So does that mean like every inning, everyone scores one run? Well, no, not necessarily. You got the strategy. Are you playing just to get that run across or are you playing to, to keep there, you know, being some action on the base paths? You know, have, have there be a little marathon going back and forth, causing confusion with, with base runners and whatnot. So it definitely would be a good way to to kind of expedite the game a little bit. And yeah, the, the stats would get, you know, slightly skewed a little bit. Basically how I think they've done it in the minors is that runner that's on second base that's deemed as, as like an unearned run. It's like a, a guy who got on base via error. So they error. So there is a way that you can kind of calibrate for that and not say, well, that stinks. Scott, Scott Oberg, he got the loss because he gave up a run, but it, it wasn't an earned run. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've warned to that idea in general, I still hate the idea of immediately upon extra innings, you know, going to that because it really does dramatically change everything. The The battle that is fought most often in, in late inning or extra inning baseball comes down to, can you get somebody on with nobody out? That, that first guy, because there's so much you can do as an offense if you've got that first guy on base and if the pitcher can take care of it, that just puts so much on that. So giving that one away, you know, I almost wish it's like, look, if we're going to put a guy on second, can we at least make it two outs, which even gets weirder. But I hate the idea that you, you can, as soon as you go into the extra innings by sheer dumb luck of having the ball, making two outs that happen to be in the right place, you win the ball game. Uh, that, that sort of gets under my nerves. At the same time, you can see now that we have a heightened focus on it, why not playing 15 or 16 or 17 inning games is in everybody's best interest. Oh, for sure. Right. You're, you're talking about a Pyrrhic victory, you know. Hey, we won the game in the 18th inning, but now we got to get on a plane, fly to Los Angeles, four-game sweep because, you know, the team's completely wiped out, and that was all because – we didn't put a runner out there on second base. So, you know, you, you win the short-term battle, but you can't continue going at that rate. And at least with this season with, you know, we, we still have no idea what's going to happen. You, you do need to be prepared. There's been so many ebbs and flows. And the thing that I've been kind of telling myself is has, I've been reminding myself, there still might not be a season. There might be no season. Whatever. Right. There is still that potential. You might not get out of bed in the morning. Uh, if, if that's, if, if you're thinking that way, uh, and I understand that, but keep that in the back of your head so that if, if, and when that decision possibly comes, you know, it's not the be all end all, but you've got the KBO for right now. We, uh, another piece of news that broke was that the WBC, the world baseball classic next spring, uh, has been pushed back to 
I believe it's 2022. They actually right. moved it back an additional year. So, you know, these, these Southern Korean, uh, South Korean players that we're all watching right now, you know, uh, it's still important to get this scouting done and that, you know, who's who for the, the upcoming WBC, it's going to be a little bit further away, but the games have been really exciting. And, you know, I think ESPN, uh, after they've, you know, worked out a couple kinks have, have done a nice job and, you know, it's, it's really been about the conversation of what's going on in baseball. So you, you've got live baseball going on. You got the crack of the bat. You got some interesting characters playing uh, on these teams as we're, we're still learning about the culture and, and the different things uh, of how these players got there and, and some of their attributes and comparisons to MLB players. At the same time, you've got some some really good guests that ESPN has been coming on talking about this upcoming season, talking about the upcoming draft and things of that nature. So I think they've done a, a pretty good job so far just a weekend now, kind of blending all of those things together. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that's just more of a reason to learn more about the KBO, uh, whether baseball uh, in the United States returns or not. Uh, I think it's just going to be, well, not just because there's, hey, there's baseball, but also there's going to be these little things that we can learn about. And it's going to be an experimental year for the game of baseball, not just Major League Baseball. And you can learn things from the KBO about, like you said, maybe it's the the putting the runner on second. Will comes in with an interesting question here. Could you see a point system like in the NHL? Two points for a win, max extra innings played, uh, say 14. Teams get one point each if it goes to a tie. Uh, this general concept is actually something I've always been in favor. And it's funny because there are some things about baseball where I'm very traditionalist, some things I'm not. Because for me, the, the most important factor is not tradition or anti-tradition or the purity of the game or anything like that. It's the fairness of the competition. You heard me say a second ago, my problem with putting the runner on second and automatically in extra innings is that it could lead to some false positives in terms of winning games, right? It's too much luck uh, that's involved. So something like this is something I've always been very interested in. And I think if you're going to allow the idea for weird extra innings stuff, the least you can do is give a point like they do in hockey to the team that lost, but just barely, and maybe because their catcher couldn't find home plate. You know, like, so what do you think, Patrick? Uh, I, I think even, you know, I think it makes more sense to do in, in say, an 82-game season because you'll need those differentiating factors. Uh, teams that lose an inordinate number of one-run games are likely to be better than teams that uh, don't, <laughs> to, to put it simply. So, uh, but I even think over the course of 162, uh, like as much as I hate the pitch clock and the three batter rule and how many times you can go to the mound being an issue, I would make a much more drastic change and have a kind of point system in Major League Baseball. Yeah, if you're making a deal with the devil, I'm I'm all for it. Whatever you want to do with the point system is fine. My my initial take on it is 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 no, but I imagine if you were to crunch the numbers and and depending on you know, the parameters of this, of this point system. Like you say, if you go to extra innings, you only get one point for a win. Um, I imagine if you were to crunch the numbers across every season, there would be minimal impact to the playoff teams, right? You, you, you might have the, the Rockies getting the, the only wild card in, in 2007 instead of the Padres or Padres over Rockies, right? Cause they, they tied. So there's, there's no difference, right? So they're actually, yeah. on the, Flip side, the thing it might do is is unmessy stuff like that and take away all of the game 163s over the last couple of decades. So maybe that's not Precisely. such a great thing. Yeah, I think if, I think if the goal is just to 
you know, reduce the time of games or, or the length of it, you could probably create, you know, a, a better system. So, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's a fun concept, you know, that there could be a, a creative way to do that. I think, you know, Will's idea might look good if you had some kind of, you know, tournament, uh, when it comes to the playoff season where you've got, you know, groupings like you see in the, in the world cup with, with soccer or for our, our anyone outside of the United States football, um, you know, and, and do the same thing with the world baseball classic where, you know, you get, you get points for, for wins and, and things of that nature. So, you know, there, there could be certain creative things. It's not, it's not an awful idea by no means. And I think, you know, will and, and anyone else out there like these are the kind of things that we need right now in the sports, even outside of this pandemic, right? Even even before this this hit our hit the world and hit hit our sport that we love so much, I think baseball is looking for a way to stay more relevant and to get more fans in and thinking outside the box and borrowing from other sports. That's exactly what needs to happen. At the end of the day, we might end up saying, uh, "No, that might not work," but you got to toss it out there. You got to talk it out. You got to flesh it out and see. Yeah, maybe, maybe there is something you could do with with the point system. Why not play around with it for the twenty twenty season? When the status quo isn't even on the table, that's like not an option. Why stick with it, right? It's like we don't, we're not getting status quo. If we're making 100%. a deal with the devil in the in after the ninth, let's make it a inning, good one. <laughs> after the ninth inning, the two managers come out. They each have a twelve sided die. They roll it on home plate. Whoever's number is bigger wins the game. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I will take an 81 game season if that is the rule. If the option is nothing, come on, man. Give me, we'll figure out a way. I know there's going to be certain teams in the ALS that may have a loaded die. We could talk about that reality and another time if we want to. But give me those. Always so, cheating in baseball. Always give me some cheating. Go ahead and I'll, throw them out. I don't care. I I'm I wish you took a left turn on me there. I thought for sure that was setting up for a WWE scenario for Bud Black to come out, cut a promo on Tori Lavolo, bring out the chair. Like I was ready for that, and you went you went full Dungeons and Dragons on me, and I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I got one more thought on the KBO, then we got to give you a line of the week and move over to uh, a few other topics of conversation. But I think. I'm going LG Twins, and here here's the reason why. As we your need, team, as my team. Twins? Um, be, and 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 here's the reason why we had a split amongst our. We've been asking all week, and people have been getting at us, and it's been a split. Dinos Twins. There've been a few others. John's going for the Hanwha Eagles, rock and roll. I hope I got close to pronouncing that uh, correctly. And our staff is straight up split between the Dinos and the Twins. And because you're going dinos, because obviously in a normal scenario, we're covering the same Colorado Rockies team. I think I got to go twins. I think we need to be at odds here. I think we need to be have opposing interests. Uh, I got to keep after uh, Wilson Ramos, though I'm not like a lot of the people, you know, who think it was this devastating mistake. Somebody hit us with a comment today, said two years, Ramos is back in the NL West and he's tormenting the Colorado Rockies. I could totally see that being the case after they just let this guy go and he's hit like four home runs in the last three days or whatever it is out there. It is KBO, but it's, it's still KBO. Like it's not, <laughs> those guys are no slouches out there. So um, yeah, let's be at odds here. Let's continue the staff being split. Let's let the fans, let's let our readers and subscribers choose if they're 
on Team Dinos. They're also on Team Patrick Lyons. If they're on Team Twins, they're with me and RK. Who else is with the Dinos? I think you've got. I know Eric uh, is with the Samsung Lions. Yeah, <laughs> Eric. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Contrarian. Uh, yeah, a few other few other Dinos fans in the staff. I'm gonna have to find out. But well, I'll yeah. pose this question to you and anyone listening, and maybe we take a, a quick break if you can think about it. Is and this will lead us into our next topic uh, of the designated hitter being implemented in the National League. If these rules were known about ahead of time in the 2020 season, do the Colorado Rockies give a roster spot to a weak fielding first baseman with a whole heck of a lot of power? Question mark. Quite possibly. But... As I wish, I wish I had, I was going to say, as I break out my Breck brew, which I don't actually have, I've left it in my fridge just a little bit far away from, from me, which is bad form. It's We're still in quarantine. It's after 2 p.m. What, what mistake am I making here? Uh, as soon as I'm done with this, I promise you I'm walking a few feet to my right and grabbing myself a Hot Peak IPA. Unfortunately, I am outside the zone to be able to order from or go and pick up at the farmhouse from our friends at Breckenridge Brew, and I do mean unfortunately that our staff Ali and RK will send pictures in our slack room and it just makes me angry uh but we're getting to the point where I think it's at least good that we can uh, drive out there soon so we're going to be making it a case to do so we're still limiting our time out as I believe is the responsible thing I I am by no means essential but going to the farmhouse getting five dollars off uh, getting that Breck brew, getting some good food, helping out a great local business who's behaving responsibly, uh, I think is a big deal. I think it's one of the most important things that we can do right now. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to head out there as, as soon as it makes sense to do so. You should do that as well. Uh, you can give them a call. Where's that number at? It's uh, 303-803-1380. You get the code DNVR. It'll save you five bucks off of the beer and food combo. Uh, you really can't do much better than that. You can get all set up with your Breck and your food. You get down at your DraftKings Sportsbook to make your decisions. This is when I always make my best decisions over some good food and drink. Looking hard at the KBO. Patrick, do we have a line of the week? Are you feeling confident? What are you, what are you feeling good about this week? Yeah, so again, I'm, I'm looking at my NC Dinos. They got their number two starter. Drew Rusinski did a nice job today. Um, not as good as he certainly would have liked uh, but we got Mike Wright on the hill, another one of those foreign-born uh, starters that are, are so popular over in the KBO. And right now, the over-under line for tomorrow's game against the KT Wiz is 9.5 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And right now, I am thinking it's it's a close one, but I'm tending to think it's going to be under. I, I want to yeah. say, say my guys are going to go out and, and score eight or nine runs like they did today. But uh, I, have a, I have a tendency to think that that right is gonna is gonna keep those runs down, and you know the, the dinos, uh, you know the the bats aren't aren't necessarily gonna be able to to continue at this rate because right I was gonna now, say that's enough. I'm with you. I think they've been hitting at an unsustainable rate. I think that's the the right call there. Take that that under. Um, it, it's just, they, and they've also needed a, a, a lot of things to go their ways. There have been so, some defensive miscues out there. I think guys are tightening up, uh, as the season goes along here. So yep, I think that's gotta be the pick, uh, check back in by the way, with our DNVR bets podcast that RK and Andre are doing pretty much every night in just 
the most ridiculous headwear you've ever seen in terms of hats and sunglasses. And they just absolutely look ridiculous, but they'll help you win money. So who cares how they look? They've been on fire. Those guys know their stuff. So um, we'll, we'll have it for you once a week. If you need more betting stuff for your DraftKings Sportsbook fix, go over and check out that podcast. All right, let's jump into what you were talking about there just a moment ago, Universal DH. Uh, I'll kick this conversation off by saying, you know, I made a very big deal when this was first rumored uh, about how much this would benefit the Colorado Rockies. Anyone who was paying attention to not just the, the headline takeaway, but the substance of that argument knows that I'm screwed now in, in terms of being able to make that case because it was largely built around mitigating the Coors Field hangover effect, a lot of the health issues that come with going from altitude to not altitude, uh, being able to rest guys. And if for this season we're playing 82 games, let, let's take for let's let's assume that for now. Um, we don't know, but let's let's just take it as an assumption. An 82 game season where the games are taking place almost completely in Arizona and Florida, right? Um, in that case, the having the designated hitter does not uniquely benefit the Colorado Rockies, other than maybe they've got a couple of guys who make natural sense to put there. Of course, we know Charlie Blackman uh, being the main one. So it doesn't help them as much as it would have under more normal circumstances. But where are you at on this universal DH thing? And uh, do you think it's a, hey, once it's there, it's just going to stick and it'll we'll never go back? Yeah. You know, it's it's a funny term because I think we already have the universal DH, and by that I mean everywhere in the world except the National League. There's a hitter, <laughs> whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's the KBO or the CPBL, they all use the designated hitter all around the universe. It's only the National League in America because the American League has the one Canadian team. But it's only the NL that has that. And I think you are going to – I think this will stick around. I think this will be permanent. This will be one of the things I think that the owners will be able to point to for players and say, look, by keeping the DH around, now that opens up essentially 15 new jobs all around Major League Baseball, right? Maybe they, they allow the, the rosters uh, to play around a little bit right now on the 26-man roster. We still have yet to see that. Uh, up to this point, it's always been 25-man, but 2020 season is 26-man roster, and there is a maximum of 13 pitchers. They don't want, they're, they're trying to reduce the time of game, so they don't want teams loaded up with relief pitchers coming in and out all the time. We know there's a three-batter uh, minimum limit, but again, if a guy gets the third out of an inning, he can come out of the game, even if he only pitched to that one batter because the next guy starts the inning, he comes out. So you can still end up using right. a lot of guys, uh, possibly gaining an unfair advantage, gaming the system, whatever it may be. Maybe they play around with that a little bit to, again, force all the National League teams to, to, to utilize that DH, and now maybe it's only 12 pitchers. I, I'm not exactly sure all the specifics of it. I only know that it's a good bargaining chip for the owners to say, look, here's an opportunity for an older guy to get a big contract. It's more money for the Players Association, and and man, it, it could get really ugly. We are, we already knew it was, wasn't was going to be good following the 2021 season, and now with everything that's happening between revenue sharing and the agreement that they've already had with the limited games, and, and now this idea that hey, there's going to be no fans inside the stadium. NBA even said that 40% of their revenue comes from, you know, the arenas. 
I'm sure baseball is somewhat similar to that. So now you you take that revenue out. Well, the owners are, are going to need to tamp down those contracts even further. And it's going to be, hey, we'll give you this if you take that. And I think we'll see owners say, fine, we'll go ahead and pay an extra $10 million a year to a guy who's 36. He can't play defense really well. And that's that's good for the union. So let's go ahead and let's keep that in the National League. I think the Rockies will actually benefit a little bit from this. Yeah. You know, I, I think with Blackman, you know, probably the most logical guy, DH, and he doesn't like it. He's 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 been on record, uh, and even if he's not the, a full time, even if he's not a David Ortiz type DH, I think it'll be good to for him to to get rest. Uh, you may have uh, an improvement in the outfield defensively. I think a lot of teams probably have in the National League probably have a guy that giving him a couple extra off days is going to benefit him. So it might not be entirely be unique to the Rockies, but. Overall, this shift of, of Colorado not having to play in Colorado by National League rules and in a shortened season, that really pushes the odds in favor of Colorado doing something this year after a incredibly lackluster offseason. I, I totally agree. <clears throat> and Will says here, imagine if uh, a healthy version of Nelson Cruz was the Rockies' DH in 2009 and 2010. Um, and there are a lot of those what if scenarios, and then the you know the closest you're going to get to that here is with a Charlie Blackman. But I, I think the further kind of good spot that the Rockies are in here is that there are two players who make the most sense to be used in this way most often. That's Charlie Blackman and Daniel Murphy, yep. who you're getting more out of their bat obviously than you are defensively. Both of those guys have natural young replacements uh who you want getting time as the season was going to unfold i think you and i were both on it. it's looking like chris owings was going to grab that final roster spot and sam hilliard for the explicit reason to keep him getting every day at bats was going to start the season in triple a with a universal dh with the dh in the national league <laughs> as you put it coming to the last bastion of sensical purity baseball no sorry um but is you don't even consider that now because you can have hilliard who is a very good defender and a very good base runner and the bat really is the question mark and you can throw him out there in the field a lot more than you could have otherwise you don't have to worry about taking at bats away from him if charlie blackman's going to be your primary dh if you're more in the camp and i've seen this on twitter today that you just can't stand Daniel Murphy's defense at first, and I'm I'm with you. I don't think it costs you quite as much, and I don't think keeping him healthy is quite as important as keeping Blackman healthy. But if that's your thing, that's an even more natural takeover. You just have Ryan McMahon slide over and play first base, uh, and you've got guys. And again, uh, both Garrett Hampson and Brendan Rodgers have a similar profile to Sam Hilliard, which is, their defense is fine. At the major league level, Brendan Rodgers and, and Garrett Hampson can play second base for you at, at the very least at a major league average level. And I think Hampson's probably already above that, and Rodgers has all of the skill to be above that. Uh, it just are they or are they not going to hit? Well, now you can find out. And so uh, I think that combination of players, the sort of Hampson, Rodgers, McMahon, and Hilliard, make it so that the DH allows the Rockies to – use their old guys' bats without blocking their young guys, to put it that simply. 
Absolutely. And that, that really plays out well if the games are in Colorado. If, if they're in Arizona, you know, some of those, some of the older, more veteran players on the team, they simply just won't need quite as many off days. But again, games in Colorado, those young guys will definitely be a factor. You know, there's been discussion that rosters would expand from 26 in their, their current state to upwards of 30. And then the 40 man roster becomes 50. And, you know, unfortunately they're, I think the Rockies are suffering from a little bit of of, of an issue of depth right now at, at AAA and and AA. You know, uh, the, the 2016 draft in particular. You know, Riley Pint. You know, they haven't gotten anything out of him. So you've got you know outside of of Brendan Rodgers in, in 2015, you've got you know the 15, 16 class, and even throw 17, you've got guys who, or rather, you have you have a void of players that should be coming through the system that aren't there. They've done a much better job the last two years, uh, but those guys are, are much, much lower down in the system. They could be, they could be players de- depending on what their development looks like in a normal season. You could, you know, hypothetically say that, you know, a Taron Vavra, you know, could be a guy that goes from starts at um, high a Lancaster and comes up, you know, to the majors, you know, almost similar to what, what Garrett Hampson was able to do in a short amount of time. But with ultimately no minor league season or, or playing games on the backfields, you're not going to be able to tap into those guys at the bottom of your system. So that's going to be one of the, you know, issue areas for the Rockies is the 30-man roster versus that 26. You know, I, I think on the pitching side, they have some guys that they might be able to catch some lightning in a bottle, um, you know, Hopefully they'll they'll be able to find somebody there. So I, I like their pitching depth a little bit better. Uh, again, no veteran players. Again, that's and that that's an ongoing story is that there's not a lot of veteran guys that will sign those non roster contracts with Colorado, and right. they're they're hurting uh, in that department. But if you can work in Hilliard more frequently in Hampson and Rogers comes comes back healthy. Now you can give everybody that that time off that they need, even if they don't feel that they like they need it. That can keep them healthy and ensure that you know what, it doesn't matter that there's nobody, you know, really capable in the outfield at AAA. Jonathan Daza being the exception, but you know Brian Mundell is now playing a corner outfield spot. You know you've got veterans like Mike Gerber, Vince Fernandez, who got busted last year for PEDs. Does he continue his growth and and continue? You know we continue to see that pop in his bat. You know that that remains to be seen. But you know ultimately there there is a depth issue at the high end that unfortunately is going to be a disadvantage if if Colorado needs to go that deep. Yeah, I think the silver lining of that problem is that, you know, in a shorter season and depending on what that travel is, we've talked about that uh, you hopefully won't need your depth as much. And if it's an 82 game season, your depth is going to be less important. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, but I think that's what they've got to count on because they need to they would need to stay healthy Their Their depth in terms of the first two or three guys they can they can call uh, and we've we've said those names Hampson Rogers Hilliard even Daza a couple of guys in, on the pitching side Castellani um some of the they're they're those those guys are actually interesting and they're okay there it's once they have to go past that group they could be in real trouble um we know in 2018 they had extraordinary health in their rotation so it didn't matter and and more or less in general um, in 2019, that was not the case. They did have to rely on that depth more, and it, and it cost them. 
and that dynamic has not changed. And so if they can stay relatively healthy, it won't be an issue. But, uh, you know, one of the things that keeps me relatively healthy, at least in terms of my mind during this entire situation we're going through, is playing WGT Golf, uh, the most popular golf game in the world, loved by more than 20 million players. It's totally free. You get on your phone or on your computer. You can play a bunch of real-life golf courses from around the world, like Pebble Beach, Beth Page, Black St. Andrews, Wolf Creek, and more. You do closest to the hole if your short game sucks like mine, or you can do full-stroke play. Uh, whatever you do, you can get super into it and be highly competitive with it if that's what you want to do. I do it a bit more leisurely. I am a casual WGT player. I'm sure at some point I will take that term and become very competitive with it. Uh, maybe I'm just not so far because I'm not quite good enough at it yet to be so, but I find it enjoyable even just to kind of look at the pretty scenery, throw back my Breck brew, tap on my phone for a bit, whack the ball close to the hole. Will's playing WGT golf right now as we're speaking and watching this podcast. It's a multitasker's dream. I'll tell you that much. Just It's kinda... the only thing that multitasking that I won't get upset at. If you're doing WGT while listening and watching us, I'm actually okay with that. I understand that. Drew, what, what does your outfit look like? For your avatar, what have you have you stylized yourself? I'm so basic. I'm such <laughs> a basic. I'm such a basic B, my friend. <laughs> I got khaki shorts and a blue collared shirt, baby. Ooh. You know, I'm going like all white. I got like white short or gray shorts, white long sleeve button up. No, no hats yet. I don't have a, I don't have a hat. I've got a visor option, but I've not tapped into that. I do have some some fancier cleats. And I'm like, I'm just there kind of keeping it simple, though. There are, there there are some some nice orange knickerbockers available in my closet, uh, but I'm not ready for that yet. Maybe when maybe when it, we hit full summer, I'll change my WGT avatar to, to something a little sassier, you know? A little, a little sassier. Speaking of sassy uh, clothing, excellent design choices. Uh, our friend, you know who, who's well-dressed is our, our friends over the DNVR Raptors. I mean, oh, the yeah. DMVR Raptors obviously is our podcast that we're doing, but those Colorado Raptors, they look good. They got some great unis in rugby. I will say that New Orleans team, they also look pretty clean and tight. Nola Gold, Nola Gold is bringing the heat with their unis. Hell yeah. Uh, but you can tune into that Raptors podcast anytime. Colton's doing a great job breaking stuff down for you. Some one-on-one pods, some interviews with the players. If you're not watching the games with us on weekends and stuff, check the DNVR watches calendar. I've had so much fun. Um, and the play-by-play guy, I have got to learn his name. He keeps retweeting me and stuff too. And I know Colton did the interview with him, which was phenomenal. I just, I, I'm bad with names of people I haven't actually met. It's Brixley Tinder Snoot. No, it's not. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> it should it's, be. It sounds like it should be. Brixley Tinder uh, Snoot sounds like it. Uh, tell you what, if you, because we don't know the results, it like it, it's like it is live, to be honest, right? Right. Well, that's one of the fun things is like, you know, with a lot of these Rockies games, we've been going back and watching. It's fun and I enjoy doing it. But you do know, you know, more or less how things are going to play out. And I'm watching the rugby. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely none. And, and that's quite a bit of fun. Quite a bit of fun. All right. We got to wrap this thing up here before too long. And there's obviously more that we can dive into uh, some of the conversations we've had here. I want to get to a couple of questions. We'll see if we have time to tease our draft coverage. If not, we'll do that next time. Just know we're starting to get very, very excited 
Uh, but there were a couple of questions here I didn't want to ignore. Will asks, because I think this is really interesting, do you see any upcoming milestones that a shortened season will impact? I don't think Albert Pujols will get to 700 home runs now. I hadn't even considered this. You know, I'd have to go through and and look at the data and, and, and try to think off the top of my brain. I'm not sure. I don't know, Patrick, if you have any, but I'm, I'm sure there are a few others. Um, Justin Verlander strikeout numbers. I'm sure he's, you know, on the precipice of breaking records and things there. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, Pools needs 44. Uh, he's, he's even actually recently mm-hmm. said that after his contract runs out this year, he's not looking to, to retire. So it, it's going to be hard, you know. Some of these sluggers, when they get late into their career, man, you get you get twenty home runs. Let's say this is a full season, right? You know, he's he's getting up there in 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 age. You know, he's he's going to be in his year forty season. Even if he goes and hits twenty two home runs, all right, that's that's half of what he needs. And then the next year, he's able to squeeze out seventeen home runs. And then next year after that, three. And it's like you know, at a certain point the well will just run dry. And I, I think Pujols is very well respected in the game. So there are going to be teams that give him that opportunity, much like you saw with Ichiro, right? Ichiro right. was a guy that played, you know, well past his his prime or really, you know, kind of contributing to teams. But it was like, it's Ichiro. He, he can impart a lot of knowledge to some of these young guys. He's well respected. And he's still going to bring people out to the ballpark. And it's not, it's not going to be a detriment. It's not going to be a distraction for the ball club. And I think Pujols could be, one of those guys that you know would would be brought back if at the right price that's the other thing too is is that if it's if he doesn't you know get the money that he's looking for if they say yeah well you absolutely can be you know the first dh uh full-time dh for the colorado rockies only thing is rolling in to pay you 1.5 mil then it's like you know what that's actually kind of insulting so no i'd rather retire than than take that money so, yeah, that, that's that's going to be one of the hard things is, you know, contextualizing and, and, and some of the things we don't know. Right. Nolan Arenado, if he retires with with five hundred eighty nine home runs at the end of his career, we're going to go shoot twenty twenty. He would have hit at least eleven more. He would have been in the six hundred home run club. So, you know, we, we don't have all the context entirely right now of of what we're missing on and, and all those numbers. But we know as, as baseball fans and, and historians mm-hmm. that there's different ways to, to figure out a player's value rather than just, did they get 3000 hits? Well, they didn't. Well, then they must not have been very good. Or did they get 300 mm-hmm. wins? Ah, they must not have been very good. So, you know, when you, when you look at things in, in a different parameters, I think, you know, missing out on 80 some games at the end of the day, isn't really going to impact whether or not, you know, a guy's a Hall of Famer or not, just might impact whether they hit a certain threshold. Yeah, it'll be more of an ah man kind of moment than than anything else, I think. Um, and then uh, we'll do this our last question of the day. And Patrick, I know if you got to take off, uh, you got to take off and go do your thing as we're wrapping up here. Um, uh, but John just says, question: How would you realign the divisions to give the Rockies the best chance at success? And you know, I'll just start this by saying, if we're being somewhat reasonable. <laughs> if we're not being, you just put them with all the worst teams. If that that can't be the answer to the question, I actually think the thing that was floated earlier in the season or earlier in the year, uh, where they were in there with like the A's, uh, the Giants, the D-backs, and, and I can't remember who else. I think that was about as close as you're going to get. Honestly, any any division that doesn't have a, a real powerhouse team, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros. 
Uh, I'm sure there are a few others you can throw in there. Yeah, the the division how it lined up for, you know, the the Cactus League versus Grapefruit League that scenario, which I think is very much on the table. I think that's that's almost a worst case scenario, right? They they want teams to travel and say, hey, West Coast teams are only going to play West Coast teams. Well, if if travel becomes really hard, you know, even even with you know private charter jets, it it, it just be, could could become a, a major issue. Then okay, let's go back and the Cubs would be the other team. I, I think that you were you were looking for there that would be in their division. Um, so you swap out the Dodgers for the Cubs. That's it's not too bad. That's that's a decent trade. I think you know the the proposed and and by proposed it's it's not by anybody within Major League Baseball, but when there comes time for expansion, for there to be two new teams in MLB, it makes the most sense that you've you've got eight four-team divisions, and Colorado being the one team that's not in that you know Pacific Standard Time Zone. I know Arizona is in the, the Mountain Time Zone, but they're in the Mountain Daylight Time Zone, so they could really go either way. Uh, Colorado would be in a division with the two Texas teams, the Rangers, Astros. Of course, they would go to the American League. And and also the Kansas City Royals, and I think those are three teams that are generally that would be a better division. And and regardless of whether the Universal DH comes or not, Colorado going to the American League, that settles it. They they definitely would have the DH. I think that would favor them. And a third option that would be kind of cool, maybe you do it this year, maybe not, is is what they do in the World Cup. They do this in the the Euro as well. They have these different pots that. There's, there's like a top tier. So all of the best teams are in the first group or first pot. Then second, third, and then the worst teams are in the fourth. And so what they do is they pick one out at a time. So you know you're going to have like a top team, uh, a top middle, a lower middle, and then a lower. So it's it's always matched. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so you still have those groups of death because you say, all right, maybe the Rockies, if, if you were to you know, split the leagues up into fourths, you know, the Rockies would be anywhere from they're on the cusp of maybe that bottom fourth to lower middle, probably more likely right. lower middle fourth. Um, but they might be a team with, again, a, a DH, uh, a, an offseason signing here or there. You go, oh, man, they're they're one of the best teams in that in third that quarter. Power, right, right. Uh, so that would be kind of a fun thing, again, for just this season to kind of mix it up. And you've got, you know, Yankees. This would be a group of death, what I'm proposing. This would be the Yankees, Cardinals, Rockies, and Orioles. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Especially if travel isn't an issue. Like, I love that concept as long as as travel isn't an issue of, of kind of creating the divisions in an attempt to have parity and, and a competitive balance, I think, is a really – Cool idea. And that's maybe speaking of someone who's watched a baseball team that's been stuck in a very tough division for most of its existence. I don't know. Uh, certainly in terms of the resources, they've always been able to be dramatically outspent by both the Giants and the Dodgers. Um, and I think there are definitely years where if you just put them in another division, I think it'd be very interesting. But travel is. But as you said, as it is now, going out to California is not the best travel situation for the Rockies either all the time. So. No, no, absolutely not. And it, and it's it's would be cool to to think about some kind of you know uh, change in the divisions, especially right now with with the Giants kind of being out of contention. And it it almost makes you a little bit 
scared or weary if you're a fan of the Rockies. Like the Giants are just going to sit back for a while and they're not going to be a factor. But when they decide that they're going to do it again or when they make the certain, you know, they 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 trade belt and they get a, a, a low A prospect that ends up coming through the system quick, like a Chris Paddock did for the Padres and Evan Longoria goes and they really start to rebuild and start, you know, bringing an influx of free agents. Now you go, oh, the giant, we got to worry about the giants again. Right. And so I can understand how Rockies fans, you know, it's always the been one or the other, sometimes yeah. both. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't have to worry about the giants, but they know that they're going to have to at some point. At some point. And so they won the world series three times last decade. So yeah, it's just, ah. uh, anyway, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up. We're going to keep a lot of these conversations going. Gabe, I'm not going to read your comment. I'm just going to say, I agree. Uh, I'll dive deeper into that a little bit more in the future, but uh, there's a lot to talk about uh, coming up. As I said, we didn't even get to start on the draft. I've got lots of thoughts on how that's going to go down before we even can get it into the Rocky side of it. Uh, Patrick's going to be here to break all that stuff down for you to keep you updated on the KBL and all of that. So just keep it here with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the DMVR.com. You're following on all the social media. You check out the, the Facebook and Twitter and Twitch every once in a while so you can catch us on the live and chat with us as we have these conversations typically in these mid-afternoon time slots. Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.